Welcome to the VU Church Podcast. Today, Pastor Rich Wilkerson Jr. kicks off a new collection of talks. Happy, healthy, holy. Lose the world, gain your soul. With the start of a new year, we can easily feel overwhelmed with the goals we want to set and the growth we want to experience. Instead of focusing on these external adjustments, we're starting off 2023 with one focus, health. In this collection, we will dive deeper into key areas of our soul, learning practical patterns we can exercise to take care of our souls and live happier, healthier, and holier. For more collection resources, visit vuchurch.com slash happy. Now let's lean into this message, Soul Good, together. Today, out of 3 John, just one little verse, let it set up the next few weeks and we'll talk about it. This is the prayer that John has for the people of God, and it's my prayer for you as we start this year. 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. Dear friend, that's you, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. Isn't that just a beautiful little scripture to pray over our friends, over our family, over our church? I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. Uh, everyone say good. Uh, someone say soul. Uh, someone say soul good. That's what I want to preach to you about today. I want to preach for a few moments on this subject, soul good. Someone say soul good. I like our church because our church likes to talk back at the preacher. And sometimes when I'm preaching real good, I'll hear people in the front go, so good. So good. But maybe we ought to just change it in 2023 to so good. So good. So good. Uh, we're starting a new collection, which is always fun when you hear at the beginning of it, um, called Happy, Healthy, Holy. Losing the world and gaining your soul. Just help me out a little bit. How many out there, you'd like to be happier in 2023? Where you at? Where you at? If you don't have your hand up, I'm worried about you. Um, <laughs> how many out there, you'd like to be healthier? Where are you at? Where are you at? Anyone already joined a gym? Anyone already started the diet? I'm, uh, I'm getting ready to jump into 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm giving up bread for 21 days. I might die, okay? I love bread. Uh, we wanna be healthier. How about this? Here's a, here's a real question. How many of you would like to be holier in 2023? Holier. That is the intent and the goal of this collection. And I suppose what I wanna try to do with all of us today is today is a massive introduction sermon to where I wanna take us for the next five weeks. I believe the Lord has really been speaking to me and I believe there's some things he's put on my heart that I wanna get into your heart. But I think we have to begin with this understanding that if we're gonna see our lives become happier, healthier, holier, we're gonna have to break past the notion that for those things to take place, it's not gonna happen through an external change. It, it truly is gonna come from an inside out change. It's gonna be an internal one. Since we're on the kind of like, you know, path of questions, how many of you, and maybe we don't all believe this, but how many of you actually believe that God's will for your life is better than your will for your life? Like what a massive question, right? Like, 
do I truly believe, I'm asking myself this, do I truly believe that God's will is better than my will? We pray that prayer, God, not my will, but your will. That's a dangerous prayer right there. I don't want my will, God, I want, I want your will. And if we're gonna get God's will in our life, and I think many are here today and many are watching life saying, online saying, Rich, I, I do, I want God's will in my life. What we'll have to understand is this, is that we get God's will when we obey God's way. We get God's will when we obey God's way. And the scripture that many of you have heard before, just introduction stuff today, is Matthew chapter 22. And I want to read it today, and I want to use it a little bit on this first message to try to explain to you uh, what I think the Lord has impressed on my heart. This is what it says, starting in verse 34. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, watch this, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Someone say heart. With all your soul, someone say soul. And with all your mind, someone say mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So they come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, what is, uh, what's the greatest commandment? What, what is your will for our life? And Jesus just gives a very specific, practical answer. He says, my will for your life is that you would obey these two commands. Love God with your entire being, with everything that you are. I want you to love me with the totality of you. But then secondly, he says, I want you to love your neighbor as yourself. We're gonna come back to the first commandment in just a moment, but before we get to the first commandment, let's start with, with the second one. I know it's a little bit out of order, but let me just take you on this journey. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus is not comparing or making the two compete with one another. Jesus, when he makes this statement, he's assuming that you do love yourself. It's like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? They're not to compete, they both go hand in hand. Jesus isn't trying to start a self-love movement. <laughs> Jesus isn't trying to make you say, hey, people are secondary towards you. No, he's already assuming that you know how to take care of yourself and it's in taking care of yourself that you would know how to take care of other people. What he's suggesting to you is not self-love, he's suggesting soul care. That you would learn how to care for your soul. The famous 14th century saint, Saint Catherine of Siena, she said it this way, she said, you are your chief neighbor, meaning, I can't love my neighbor well if I don't first have a healthy soul. Meaning, I'm never going to get God's will in my life if I don't obey God's way for my life. God's way is that I would love my neighbor as myself, but I'll never learn how to love people unless I know how to love me. Um, I've, I'm learning a lot because, uh, as you guys know, we have three children, they're amazing, uh, we love them most of the time, and, um, over the holiday break, Don Cherie was preaching at this really big event called Passion Conference in Fort Worth. You'd have been so proud of her, 12,000 college students. This, this girl just, whew, whew. I'm like, man, not only is she beautiful, but dang, she got a word. And so I was blessed on many fronts. And um, 
she represented you in, a, in an incredible way. But we were, we were in Fort Worth. And it's just funny, because I've, I've flown a whole lot of my life, but now with these three little children, um, it's just, it's, like some of y'all, you wanna build your character in 2023. I got an idea for you. Um, get three kids under the age of four and take them on a commercial airline. That will be an experience in and of itself. And so when we get on the airplane, it's like, you know, I can, you can just, I can see it, bro. Like I'm walking past aisles. Every row we pass, there is a sigh of relief. People are like, oh, thank God they're not sitting next to us, you know? <laughs> that never happened to me before because people are like, oh, they passed us. We, we have one friend, I've said it before, but uh, she bakes cookies the night before. And when she takes her kids on the airplane, she passes out cookies to all the people around her as a peace offering, you know? Like, <laughs> but I've heard it my whole life. You sit down, you've been there before. You, you, you sit down and then the flight attendant comes up and gives the big safety announcement, right? And somewhere in that safety announcement, you've heard it before. If the cabin is to lose pressure, oxygen mass will come down above you. Before you secure your children's mask, secure your mask. Now, I heard that my whole life, but it's not until I have children that they're sitting there with me that when I hear that, it's sort of offensive. Because everything inside of me as a parent, everything inside of me wants to save, wants to rescue, wants to help my children but they have to tell me this announcement every time I'm on the airplane because they want me to learn that my good intentions are not gonna be good enough. That if I take care of my children before I take care of me, not only will I stop breathing, but they will stop breathing. And the idea for all of us is simply this, is that soul care is not selfishness, it is stewardship. And so many of us are trying to step into our future and our calling, helping everyone around us, jumping into our mission, jumping into our purpose, trying to help people breathe, trying to sustain life, trying to be responsible. But if you do all of those things without first tending to your soul, you are never gonna make it. You're gonna lose oxygen. And so the goal, let's just talk about it. Our focus as we start this year as a church, now we're talking collectively, our focus is not to grow. Our focus is not to scale. Our focus is not even to progress. No, no, no. Our focus and our goal is one word, health. Why? Because it just so happens, healthy things grow. Healthy things progress. Healthy things scale appropriately. I don't know what all your New Year's resolutions are. I don't know if you've come up with a word for the year, but I think every one of us, whatever word you've come up with, whatever focus you have, add the word health to it. Because if you're healthy, the byproduct will be growth. The byproduct will be redemption. The byproduct will be purpose. The byproduct will be, I'll have enough energy to keep going. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to go on this journey of, of looking at ourselves deeply, that this year is going to look different from last year. We're going to have to go deeper than we've gone in the past. We're going to have to go deep down into our soul. In order to do that, I want to try to make this practical and helpful because I don't want to just get lost in ambiguity and nuanced language and metaphors. I'm believing that as we get into the next few weeks that there's going to be real action steps for you to do that maybe you've never done before. 
Hence, 21 days of prayer and fasting is not just something we put up on the board like, yeah, it's, it's a literal thing that you should do that begins to bring transformation in your life. And the word that I wanna to talk to you about for the next few weeks, some of you have heard this word, others of you, this is the first time you've ever heard this word, even though you've been in church for a long time. The word is the word spiritual formation. Spiritual formation. Every one of us have been formed into something. It's, it's, it's the real you on the inside. Uh, whether you like it or not, we have all been formed. You've either been formed by design or by default. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. You're either getting stronger or weaker. You're either getting richer or poor. Hopefully richer. Amen. All right. Um, we're all becoming something. And, and you can look at any human being, any human being, from the most admirable to the most deplorable, from the saint to the terrorist, they are all a byproduct of spiritual formation. So what is spiritual formation? This is the definition I'm going to use for the next few weeks. Spiritual formation is the process of being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ for the glory of God. Watch this. And for the sake of others. Why? Because that is what Jesus' will for my life is, that I would love God with all my heart, soul, mind. Another translation says strength, and I would love my neighbor as myself. Can't love my neighbor unless I first put the oxygen mask on myself. I gotta tend to my soul. I gotta tend to the inner me, the real me. What is it being formed into? What is it being shaped? How will I grow? Who am I becoming? As a church, we've said it for years. The only thing more important with who you are today is who you're becoming tomorrow. Who are you becoming tomorrow? These are Jesus' words now, Mark chapter eight. Verse 36, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Why is it that your soul is of such immense worth? Many times we hear this verse, and if you've been around church, you've heard it, and we live in such a binary context that we think about this verse and we hear Jesus and we think he's talking about heaven and hell. And don't get me wrong, that's a good application, but that's not the full context of where he's teaching that day. He's not just talking about your afterlife, he's talking about the here and now. I think as the church, we gotta do a better job at not just getting people to heaven, but getting people to live healthy lives on earth. You're not just called to survive this thing, you're called to thrive and walk into the abundant life, the Zoe life, life on all cylinders. And Jesus says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? Meaning you get every external pleasure, you get every reward that this life has to give you, but in the process, your soul here and now, right this moment, is deteriorating. It's getting worse, it's being formed, not into an image of good, but into an image of evil. Not of righteousness, but of unrighteousness. Not of peace and mercy, grace and truth, but of, of discord and dysfunction. Jesus says, your soul is priceless. There, there's no payment that someone could pay. Why is it? It's because your soul is the thing that's guiding and directing your life. It's like an invisible rudder. It's, it's leading you and everything you do comes from it. And here's what I want you to write down today because this is what's gonna be helpful. You can't steward what you don't understand. You, you can't steward what you don't understand. And I could, I could apply this to so many areas of your life. Like so many people, the reason why they never become a tither is not because they don't believe in tithing. They just don't even understand their finances. Therefore, they can't manage their finances. 
Some of us, the reason why we can't get our body under control is because we don't understand our body. We don't understand our appetites. We don't understand our sleep habits. We don't understand why we do what we do. Therefore, we can't manage it. Some of you men out there, you don't understand your wife. All the men said, amen, amen, amen. I don't know if you ever will. No, um, but relationships are learning to understand one another. Why? So we can steward the relationship. Some of you, you're not even trying to get to know your children. Your kid is not the same kid one year ago. Some of us, we have a picture of our child from when they're four, but now they're 14, and their desires and their appetites have changed, and because you don't know them or understand them, you can't steward them. This is massive. Because as we start to look at this scripture, I've quoted this scripture my entire life. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But yo, what does that mean? Because Jesus told me, I gotta love my neighbors myself. All right, I'm gonna work on that. I gotta take care of me in order to love you. But the first commandment, his first bit of his will in order for me to get it in my life is to obey his way. And his way is that you would love me with your entire self. But what do these words mean? Heart, soul. Like if we started passing a microphone around right now, how many y'all know? We all love Jesus. A lot of us in this room, some of y'all don't. That's all right. We're happy you're here. God bless. Trying to include everybody. Um, but if I passed a microphone on to find this soul, how many y'all know we'd come back with some interesting answers? Because things get said that we haven't taken time to maybe learn or how to articulate. Like, have you ever been in one of those moments where you try to, you try to explain something that you don't really know about? This has never happened to you. Um, you ever been out there you're like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, I remember one time I was in uh, my business policy class. Oh God. And um, we had to do these reports on companies and there was like five different factors or sectors of the company. I always liked like the creative stuff, like the marketing. Like I could talk about marketing. For, yeah, this is how we're going to tell the story. But the teacher would make us change outside of our strengths to our weaknesses. And so I remember one time I had to report on this company's, like the finance of the company. Oh my. I'm like, hey. How we doing class? You know, like talking about finance, you know, the elasticity of this company. Like, I have no idea what you want to do is you want to debit and you want a surplus and the demand and the supply and a niner. Like, did I catch a niner in there? You know, like, because I have no, I, I don't know how to articulate it. And because I can't even articulate it, how on earth could I ever steward it? Happy, healthy, holy. All right, I like those words. I like those adjectives. But how do I get a happy, healthy, holy soul? You're going to have to learn how to articulate that which we're trying to steward. I'm grateful for great teachers, and I'm grateful for wonderful, wonderful pastors and leaders. And uh, a couple years ago, I, I came across the writing of a man who is uh, now gone to be with Jesus. His name is Dallas Willard. And uh, Dallas Willard has written many incredible books. I'd encourage you to, to check them out. They're, they're, they're highly dense and very, very intellectual. Uh, but he has an apprentice. His name is John Ortberg. And then John Ortberg has an apprentice. His name is John Mark Comer, who's a good friend of mine. And their writings on the soul and spiritual formation has really changed my life in many ways. Um, as a team and as a church, when we come around certain collections, it's really our heart's desire to resource you. At Vu Church, we're not the expert of anything. 
Okay, that's not like that. We don't have like the 401 on everything at VU Church. We're good at some things. What we aim to try to do is be a guide for your spiritual life. How deep do you wanna go? How much do you wanna eat? Because we wanna point you in the right direction of how you can grow. And so as a team, as we step into 21 days of prayer and fasting, our team has put together a site that is full of resources. Everyone's on different paths of the spiritual journey here. Some of you, you don't know Jesus. Others of you, you met Jesus last year. Some of you have been following Jesus for 20 years. We're all in different spots. I'm thankful for a big God who meets us where we are. But as a team, we put together a site, vuchurch.com slash happy, I believe. And there you can see all the different resources we provided for you when it comes to this idea of soul care and a lot of these books. And so a lot of what I'm gonna teach about starting today, but as we move into the next few weeks, comes from the teaching of Dallas Willard. Because Dallas Willard presents something in his book called The Renovation of a Heart, where he gives a diagram of the soul. Now, I know you're like, I came to church, I didn't come for diagrams today. But in many ways, this introduction sermon is gonna help me and help you outline where we're gonna go for the next few weeks. And I want you to be able to better understand you so that you can better steward you. And so today I brought the whiteboard up because I'm trying to tap into my inner uh, Adrian Molina. <laughs> this guy's never given a talk without a whiteboard in his entire life. But um, I'm gonna, wow, these are hard. Oh, okay, there we go. Ugh. I was in the gym this morning. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I love it. All right, I'm gonna title this. Oh, I already lost it. Here we go. Look at this. How good, this is good. I already messed it up. Guy can't even spell soul. How's he gonna help mine? All right, sorry, it's good, it's good, it's good. Yeah, your soul, your soul, you know. <laughs> this is already gonna be a problematic day, I can tell. Here we go, all right. Soul, let's just title it, because you're taking notes today. Good, okay. Can y'all read that? Online, can you read that? Put soul good in the chat right now, okay. I, I wanna show you, this is, this is what Dallas would put together as giving you a diagram for your soul. All of this today is helping us work from the same framework and the same context of how we're gonna grow in 2023, happy, healthy, holy. And if we don't have the same language and if we don't talk about it the same way, then we're not gonna make the progress we're looking for. And so Dallas would say that the soul is layered. It's, it's the real you, it's, it's your real self. And, 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 he, and he does this through, through different words. The, the first is this, I'm gonna draw this in a circle. This is gonna be, here we go. Is uh, what we would say is the heart. Oh gosh. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. All right. So at the very center, the core of you, we're not talking about your, your physical muscle, the heart. We're talking about the heart, this, this invisible place that scripture, Proverbs chapter four, verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Meaning that everything that's coming out of my life comes from this, this secret core of who I am. It is, it's my heart. And the reality of it is, is following Jesus. What happens when we follow Jesus? We move from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. The real problem with sin is not about bad behavior. Jesus didn't come for behavior modification, he came for heart transformation. But sin gets into the deepest parts of us and it creeps into us and it starts to kill us from the inside out. And when we're born, we're born into depravity, we're born into iniquity, we're born with a sinful heart. Uh, maybe you don't like that language, maybe you disagree with that, but if you have a two-year-old, you know what I'm talking about. 
Because my little daughter, Waylon, her first words were dada, but she forgot them. She now calls me mama. I'm like, I'm not mom. And her favorite two words other than mama are no and mine. I love her, but her heart <laughs> has a bent. In fact, the other day we were at breakfast, uh, just the other day, my wife and I, this was like two days ago, and I was asking Waylon for something. It's so funny, she's, like, she's not even due yet. And she looks at me, and she doesn't just say no, she goes like this, no. Like the most aggressive, violent shaking of the head. I'm like, that is so disrespectful, you know? <laughs> like, like, what? But just get this picture in mind, because this is where our heart starts. Think about the shaking of the head, the body language of it. What is it doing? It's dividing, it's cutting. Understand that your no is always a cut, it's always divided. What do you wanna divide in your life? What do you wanna stop in your life? What do you wanna prevent in your life? You say no to it. What does yes do? Up and down. It's adding to your life. It's the multiplication of your life. These are the two most powerful words in our vocabulary, yes and no. What are you saying yes to in 2023? What are you saying no to in 2023? Because the other two words that would be associated with heart that Dallas would talk about would be this word will and spirit. That it's from my heart that I have this willpower, this ability to create. It's what separates you from the animal kingdom, okay? Like you can take nothing and turn it into something. You, you can imagine, you can create, you have a willpower. You ever heard someone say, he's not very smart, but he's got heart. They said that about me a lot. All right, so yeah. It's a determination, it's, it's a willpower that, that comes from within. But it's not just this, this heart that is um, my, my will, it's also spirit. And we'll talk about this more next week, we're gonna talk all about the heart next week. Spirit, anyone have a friend out there? Don't, wait, don't raise your hand. You got a friend, it's like they don't, they, don't, they don't follow Jesus, but they're like, yo bro, I get you man, I'm spiritual. You got him, you know him, yeah, 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 it's my boss. Okay, yeah, yeah, we get it, all right. Here's what we have to start to define because we use these words all over society. What does that mean? Understand that everything that's spiritual is not necessarily good. Spirit, when we talk about the spirit, we're talking about, talking about the invisible qualities that make you you. And every one of us are given a spirit. The question is, has our spirit been renovated and surrendered to Jesus? Because there's a whole world out there that's marketing and capitalizing on your spirit, but it's not offering you the truth, which his name is Jesus Christ, which came to save and redeem and turn you around. But he, he goes on from the heart and he says that the next layer of your soul is, uh, is your mind. Mind, mind. That says mind. And um, I have to qualify what I'm talking about today. Uh, the mind. That my, my soul is not just my heart, it's not just this core, it moves into, into my thinking, m my mind. What does Proverbs 23, seven says? It says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. That all change, hear me loud and clear, all change begins in your mind first. If you wanna change in 2023, you go head first. If I wanna change my living, I have to start by changing my thinking. What does Romans tell us? This is not just like positive. This is Romans chapter 12, verse two. Do not conform. There's that spiritual formation. What have you been formed into? What is the inner man, the inner woman actually look like? What's the shaping of your soul? Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? Then I'll be able to test, here it is, what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We started by saying, how many of y'all believe that God's will is better than your will? 
We all like, amen, yeah, absolutely. Well, he says, if you wanna know God's will, if you wanna test it, I actually have to transform my thinking. It's my, it's my thinking. Now, the other two words that we could use with mind would be thoughts and feelings. So my mind represents my thoughts and my feelings. How many of y'all know um, there's no thought without a feeling and there's no feeling without a thought? Even those that would say, oh, I'm kind of like um, apathetic towards that. Even this idea of, of apathy really at the core of it is there still is a feeling. It might be very minimal, but it's typically a negative feeling. Every thought comes with a feeling and every feeling comes with a thought. That's why you've been to the movies before and you could be watching something that's scary and nothing scary is happening around you, but you feel scared. I was on an airplane the other day and I was, had my headphones on and I wasn't in my quiet time. I was listening to secular music and I um, apologize. And uh, old band I like growing up called Third Eye Blind, what up? And uh, <clears throat> 1984 baby. And uh, Don Shu and I, we, we, we fell in love to some Third Eye Blind songs, you know, I'll, I'll spare you. Uh, summertime and the wind is blowing outside and though it's just and I don't know what I'm doing in the city the sun is always in my eyes it flashes through the windows I'm sleeping on the couch when I came to visit you that's when I knew I could never have you I knew that before you did still I'm the one who's stupid and there's this burning Thank you, Jesus. Like there's always been. I've never been so alone. And I've, I've never been so alive. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, that came from my soul. Don't judge me, but I was crying. Flat attempt walked by. She's like, you okay? I was like, yeah, sorry, third eye blind. You know, like I looked ridiculous. Why? Because as I'm listening to this music, this feelings of the past emerge. Why is that? It's because every thought is associated to a feeling and every feeling is attached to a thought. Listen to me loud and clear. This is so important that you get this into your heart today. If you don't like the way you're feeling, change the way you're thinking. You can't choose your feelings, but you can learn how to change them. Can't choose my feelings, but I can learn how to change them. It's called soul care. He, he goes on, I gotta hurry up. We've got other services today. And uh, this third layer, this is a big one, is the body. A lot of us, we don't think this way. Like, wait, my, my body's a part of my soul? Yeah, absolutely. Like, your body, the scripture says, and I'll read it to you in a few weeks, that your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. So yes, this body is, is decaying and it, it's dying, but one day when we join Jesus in eternity, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And guess what you also get? You'll get a new body. I don't know what that's gonna look like. I hope mine's kind of like liver king, but X the steroids, you know, like, like I don't know. So if we can just make wishes, you know, prayers, there's me. Um, shout out to liver king. Um, like, like, 
<laughs> the other day I was talking to my friends, uh, Kareem and Raquel, they're part of our church. They, they, they join us in the city and Kareem is from Egyptian descent and they have a little boy, he's three years old. His name's, his name's uh, Raphael. And Raph was talking to his mom and dad. You know, little kids, they'll ask you the deepest questions, like the biggest stuff, you know? And they're like, mom, dad, you know, where do we go after we die? They're like, we're gonna be joined with Jesus in heaven. And Raph's like, well, we're gonna have bodies in heaven. They're like, yeah, we're gonna have bodies in heaven. Now here they are talking about something. Like, okay, bodies. And he's like, well, is my body gonna be lighter? They're like, oh, I don't, I don't really know if your body will be lighter in heaven, you know? I don't, I don't know what our weight will be. And, and Raph, so cute, three years old, goes, well, I, I hope not, because I don't want to lose my tan. <laughs> I was like, I just want a tan. Um, <laughs> here's the deal with the body that we got to see, because we live in a world today. You've gathered on Sunday with other believers and so we ought to know what believers believe, not what the world believes. The world would tell us as believers that we have a low view of the body. They would say this, why? Because the world has this misconception and this deception in their mind that whatever the body desires, the body should get. Whatever the body feels is what it is. Notice the scripture does not say, uh, whatever a man feels in his heart, so he is. No, 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 friend. The world would say any appetite, any pleasure that you want, take it on. If it feels good, do it. See, the other two words that you would associate with the body would be appetites and habits. I would subscribe and I would preach boldly and strongly to a lost and dying world that it's actually the opposite. The church doesn't have a low view of the body. We have a high view of the body. We don't give the body whatever it wants. We don't sleep with whoever we want. We don't put into this body whatever we feel like putting into it. No, instead we make this body become disciplined. We actually make this flesh submit to a regenerated heart. I love my kids. They're amazing, but it's out of my love that I discipline them. My kids want ice cream three meals a day. And if I gave my kids ice cream three meals a day, you would be, you're a bad parent. But there's an entire world that says just because you're 40, you should eat ice cream three meals a day. You get to choose what you want to do, but understand that every time you continue to do that, your soul is deteriorating. Your soul is falling apart. As the body of Christ, as the church of Jesus Christ, we do not worship this body. Instead, we worship the one true God with our body. We give him glory with our body. I, I, I'm gonna take you on a journey in the next few weeks, but this place called your heart, this will is good for big decisions. It's, it's good at choosing who to get married to. It's, it's good at choosing where to go to college. It, it's good at saying, should I take that job? What it's really bad at is all the small decisions of life. Your willpower is not on will call. You don't have enough of it. Therefore, we have to make our bodies submitted to what our deepest desire is. Therefore, we have to actually get the right habits. Habits begin to form. Those are the involuntary behaviors that we have without even thinking about them. I like how John Ortberg says it. He says, habits eat willpower for breakfast. Many of us, the reason why we don't see change is because we haven't learned how to love God with our entire soul, which is even our body. This, 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 this other area, let me just keep going. We're almost done, I promise you. My goodness, diagrams, we shouldn't do this. Here we go, is relationships. We don't think about this. Uh, 
How do you spell that? There we go, ships. That's a P, not a T. Amen. All right, all right, cool, cool. All right, so relationships, that we are our social context. Um, we don't think about that being a part of our soul because we live in America where it's all about you, bro, individuality, be you. Whatever you feel, be you. But when we say things like that, we're robbing ourselves and we're losing and forfeiting our soul because no matter what, I can't separate my soul from the people around me. It's a part of my makeup. You can make an argument saying, but Rich, okay, what about like, what about the guy living in isolation in Alaska? Oh, I hear you. But even that guy living in isolation in Alaska, he came from someone and he came from somewhere. Like no matter what I do, I can't separate that I am the son of Rich and Robin Wilkerson. I'm the brother of John Fulton, Graham, and Taylor. I'm the husband of Don Cherie Lene Duran. I'm the father of Wyatt Wesley, Wild Wesley, and Waylon Wesley. These aren't just abstract things. These things are shaping my soul for better or for worse. And what we learned back in August during our Daddy Issues collection, if you were with us in any of that, was that we don't just receive a physical DNA, we receive a spiritual DNA. That if I don't learn from where I came from, I will repeat where I came from. That's why many of us in this room, it's like, if it runs in your family, don't be surprised if it's chasing after you. You're not just an alcoholic because you woke up one day to be an alcoholic. There's, there's, there's something that's been bending and forming your soul. You're not just an addict because you just woke up one day to be an addict. No, no, there's different things that have crept in that we have to address. Ortberg, <laughs> he talks so much about the reforming of our soul, which is what we're gonna be talking about the next few weeks. How do I change this heart? And how do I make this body submit? And how do I transform my mind? And how do I get the right people around me? You know, this week we're starting Vu Cruz. And I just can't advocate these enough. Like you're here on the right Sunday. God bless you, made it. Get into a crew this week. Ortberg talks about research done by John Putnam and John Putnam talks about healthy relationships in our life. And John Putnam, through his discovery, came up with this truth that people who do life in a small group cut their chances in half of dying prematurely. So I think our new slogan at Vu Church should be join a crew or die. I don't know if that'll go good, you know, like you're walking out, you're gonna die. Like, but, but it just speaks over and over again to, to this. I'm losing the world's ways and I'm finding and gaining my soul. And so he would say this last outer ring is then what we're talking about, our soul. I spelled it wrong a second time. There's a little you there, there's a little you. Soul, 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 soul. And my words now, I, I think I look at this soul, think about a cell, taking you back to physical science. The cell membrane is this outer layer that protects what's on the inside. So my soul doesn't become just strictly abstract. Instead, I start to see my soul, all of these things, just so we're careful, they're not so clearly compartmentalized, right? They're all intertwined, interconnected, overlapping, different things impact different things at different moments. But using a diagram like this, when I think about my soul being my heart, my mind, my body, and my relationships, all of a sudden when I step into this, you're going, man, I want transformation. I want to change. I want to be happier. 
I wanna be healthier, I wanna be holier. Where do I start? How do I manage? How do I correct? How do I become? How do I grow? I gotta address and I gotta diagnose what part of my soul is sick. What part of my soul has not been cared for? All throughout the Bible, it's interesting. When we start talking about the soul, it is so deep, it is so profound. There is a part of you that no one has ever seen. There's a part of you that's realer than what you see in this room. It's your soul, you are a soul. Psychologists would call this the true self, but biblical language, the author of life himself would call you a soul. That you are a soul. Go throughout the Bible, it's almost like people talk about their soul as third person, like this other self. David said in Psalm 42 verse five, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Job, he says, therefore I will not keep silent. I will speak out in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. It's deep, it's profound. I read this verse this past week and it just spoke to me. This is David, so in touch with his soul. Notice all the different layers he speaks to. Psalm 16, verse seven, I will praise the Lord. Think about Jesus' words in Matthew 20, 22. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord with him at my right hand. That, that's this context of relationships. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. And so when we talk about this word soul good, it's a statement, but you could easily add a question mark and we could look at one another and say, is your soul good? Because I'm glad you joined the gym. I'm glad you have a vision board. I'm glad that you think your new job is gonna make you a new you. But are you soul good? How do I get soul good? I need my heart to be renewed. I need my mind to be transformed. It has to take place that way. I, I, I need my body retrained. I need my relationships submitted. And I need my soul saved. So watch this, when my soul is saved, watch this, it's a good heart, it's a good mind, it's a good body, it's good relationships, it's soul good. Soul good. So my prayer, for, my prayer for our church as we step into 2023, whatever someone's told you about this place, whatever someone's been sharing with you about what they're all about at Vu Church, my prayer is simply this as we step into 2023, all the things that God's placed in our heart to do, all the vision that's in front of us, all the projects, all the results, all the things we want, may we do so from a place of health and may we do so from the prayer of John. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health, that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along 
well. Anybody with me? You wanna be so good in 2023? Anybody wanna be so good in 2023? Come on, lift your hands. Come on, lift your voice. Thank you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we weren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to Him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you want to say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present, and I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we want to partner with you in the next steps of your faith journey. Go to voochurch.com online. We love you.